So, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah, you guys. Happy, happy all of it. Happy Winter Solstice. Happy Winter Times. Happy Pearl Harbor Day. Happy Life Day. <laughs> um, Is it disrespectful to wish you a Happy Pearl Harbor Day? I think that's a day of solemn remembrance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on what side you were on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone looks back on that day with any fond memory. <laughs> it, is, it is a little weird that we choose to remember it. Well, this is how people are going to feel about 9-11, I guess. Yeah. Because it's just commemorating an invasion on American soil or right. whatever. Yeah. And we also made bad movies about 9-11 like Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Not yeah. as bad as Pearl Harbor yet. Yet. You don't think so? You don't think we? You're probably, you're probably no. Right. You you have to rewatch. You have to watch, watch Pearl Harbor again to really. I've never actually seen. I've never. I, I don't have the interest to sit through three hours of Ben Affleck and I was going to call her color color Arwen or whatever. Like, <laughs> she even did oh, I, you didn't even bring up <laughs> Cuba Gooding, who, which it like it was the Pearl Harbor of his career. Was that movie? Oh, God. not snow, not Snow Dogs. Not Snow Dogs was like the sad afterglow, I think. Oh, Snow Dogs is his punishment for Pearl yeah. Harbor. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That that 9 11, me, it doesn't count as a 9 11 movie, but you guys know about that uh, Nicholas Sparks movie where the end of it is, it's like two people fall in love. It's like, and the very end of it is the the the, the nine eleven the nine yeah yeah the boy writes a girl's like I'll I'll see you tonight and whatever and then it re- pulls out the reveal he's in the World Trade Center and it's September tenth or something uh-huh. <laughs> like whatever September eleventh yeah what what yeah that's a there's a Nicholas Sparks book slash movie that is that what's a Nicholas Sparks you don't know Nicholas Sparks sappy sappy rom it, it by the way Kevin this is really embarrassing because we're gonna start reading Nicholas books, Sparks books on this podcast okay so he's about uh, on the same level as R L Stein is what I'm hearing. Yes. I mean, Nicholas Sparks wrote, if I'm a bird, you're a bird. So Okay. Is that like a Dr. Seuss thing? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember what Nicholas Sparks book has 9-11 because they're all just, I'm looking up these names, they're all called like The Return. Aren't Nicholas <laughs> Sparks books also secretly like Christian books too? They they have a, a an aura of Hallmark, if that makes sense. Definitely. I think half of them right. probably have become Hallmark movies. And if not directly, they have influenced the entire genre of Hallmark movie. So through yeah. context clues, I'm kind of synthesizing this is sort of a uh, uh, Walmart bestseller sort of yeah. author. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some wine mom lit, perhaps? Yes, or... absolutely wine mom. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, yeah sure, totally. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think Dear John is the one... Based on my quick googling, Dear John ends with a reveal that John is in the World Trade Center. Okay, all right, right before nine eleven happened. I, I just have to pop in too. I, while we were talking about this, I had to pull up uh, Cuba Gooding just to make sure that we were in the right sequence, and he did do Pearl Harbor two thousand one. This listen to this. Wait, Se- Cuba Gooding did Pearl. He did. <laughs> He got blacklisted as he was behind it. You gotta see the movie. You gotta see him do not. I almost said do nine eleven. Do nineteen forties nine eleven. Oh my god. Nineteen forties nine eleven. It's really sorry. <laughs> sorry. He, he did Pearl Harbor, and then he did Rat Race, and then he did Snow Rat Dogs. Race is solid. And then he did Snow Dogs, and then he yeah. did fucking a movie called Boat Trip. A yes. movie called uh, The Fighting Temptations. Radio. He got nominated. Get this. Though I, I named those movies. Don't know any of those movies. All three. Oh, God, radio. All, listen to I this. Think radio. All three of those yeah. movies, he was nominated for a Golden Raspberry 
for worst actor in all three of those <laughs> yeah. movies. Yeah, radio's that like I am Sam, like uh I'm gonna get an award for playing someone on the spectrum. Right. Very poor taste. He's not a bad actor. He doesn't deserve those no. raspberries. Those are just bad roles. He's an incredible actor. That's the thing. I, I liked him as OJ Simpson's fine in American Crime Story. That was fine. I think I thought he did mm-hmm. a great job with that. Keep getting if you want to come on the podcast, clear a good name. Open We'd invitation. love to have you, Cuba, and you can wow. talk about the role you played in Pearl Harbor. <laughs> no, no, I'll never come on. It still really sounds like we're accusing him of a, of a war crime. Sure. Is it, is it slander if it's so improbable it's not true? <laughs> I just want to have Cuba Gooding on so that you can tell us what went wrong during Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he'll clear the air. What would he have done differently about Pearl Harbor? Well, by some metrics, Pearl Harbor was a success. <laughs> again, <laughs> again, to back to Chad's first point. <laughs> Depends on what side. You're on. If Pearl Harbor was a, a StarCraft map, yeah, that was a well done Zerg rush. Oh yes. If you were Michael Bay, and if you were Michael Bay, it's a success in your career, box office wise, massive success. <laughs> True. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, everyone. I don't know. <laughs> we fucked up. Pearl Harbor, we fucked up. But whatever you celebrate, I hope you're having a good one. Speak, yeah, we didn't talk about holidays at all. We talked about I know, I know. Well, this the beginning of the holiday season starts with Pearl Harbor. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask, what's what's a, do you guys have any notable gifts? Like powers or abilities? You know what? I'll leave that open to your interpretation. (laughs) Okay, sure. One year, I think this was for Christmas. One year, uh, our our mutual friend, Satchel Drakes, Mm -hmm. uh, bought me uh, beard oil and a beard comb. Wow. Whenever I have to do something fancy, I put on that Burroughs beard oil. Oh, yes. And it makes my beard go in the same direction. And like, I've been using this thing, this little bottle for years, and it's still like over halfway full. That's wonderful. So it's an eternal bottle of beard oil. Yeah. It's like an elven gift. It, it is A like boon. an elven gift. <laughs> it's Olympus oil. Yeah. <laughs> so Satchel Drake's good gift giver, I, good job, I have Satch. to say. You know what? It's funny, though. Like, you get a gift like that from somebody, and you're like, what's wrong with me? What's, what did you identify <laughs> that was wrong with me that you felt needed fixing? <laughs> That you, gave, I see, you know, they gave you the tools to fix it. See, I know what's wrong with me. <laughs> it was just, and it's my beard goes fucking everywhere. Like I'll I'll sleep on it, and it'll just like I look like a I look like a hair sun. A what? Like like, <laughs> what? like picture like picture the sun, like the big burning oh, thing in the sun, sky. A sun. I okay, got it. Got it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. But made of hair. I really wanted to know what a hair sun was. Like a you know, like a hair sun. <laughs> I was like, no, like a. I got like a you. hair sun. Like I think a... when you collect all your clippings of hair, yeah. and you p- make a little doll out of them, and you have a hair sun, yeah, and you have a hair sun, and you <laughs> add more of your own hair to it over time because you can't get rid of any of your parts of your body. You can't throw that stuff away. That's part I- of you. Ironically, the most notable gift I've ever gotten was a hair sun from Kevin. How's he doing, by the way? I heard, I heard he went off to college. He fell into a <laughs> bottle of uh, beard oil and he straightened out and and got on the straight and narrow. <laughs> And now he's a very well-behaved hair son. That's That's a better story premise than the 10 we read today. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, before we get there, I want to hear about your guys' two amazing gifts. Oh, sure. Uh, Paul, do you got got an amazing gift? Mine's not super exciting, but it's a cautionary tale. 
uh, for oh, you, oh. for the youngsters out oh. there. It's a cautionary t- tale for uh, for not maybe not getting understanding how good something is in the moment that you got it, but learning to learning to recognize that some people like Kevin's gift of the beard oil, which maybe at the time mm. he was he was <laughs> insulted by and 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 harmed. <laughs> I was I thought it was very nice. <laughs> I could I read between the lines of Kevin's story and I understand that he was heavily insulted by that gift. <laughs> I rarely, if ever, buy uh, fancy hygienic products for myself, except for my charcoal deodorant, which I adore. And I love my charcoal deodorant too. It's great stuff. Uh, one Christmas, my dad was was talking about how he had gotten us all the greatest gift, the best gift. He was he was building it up. I was probably like fifteen, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> was it the gift of life? It was the, <laughs> he he opened we opened a box <laughs> up and it was just a picture of ourselves. Or it was a mirror that we looked into. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we were all getting the a great gift. And it was a, a fantastic gift and he kept talking about it for like weeks beforehand. And I'm like 15, so like mm-hmm. I'm like in that weird gift giving stage where it's like, what the fuck do you get me, you know? And like my other siblings are a couple years younger than me, but also in sort of an awkward gift giving stage. And uh, he kept talking it up, talking it up. Christmas morning rolls around, and we get these giant boxes. And you're like, oh wow, a giant box? What could this be? Like I have literally no idea what this could be. And we open it up, and it's a fucking massive blanket, and it has fur on one side faux fur on one side and like a like a leopard print on the underside and we were all like what the fuck is this giant blanket you gave us i'm 15 years old what do i need a giant blanket for? <laughs> i still have that blanket i Aww. have that blanket 15 years later wow and it's the warmest most comfortable blanket he was fucking right he was 100 right and my 15 year old dumb ass could not understand that <laughs> a, a blanket is a great gift yeah Mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. doesn't and it doesn't seem that way when you're a kid you're like that's boring a blanket yeah. will a blanket will comfort you for the rest of your life and i'll also say can't have too many no you know no and it's only going to become better as your circulation gets worse as an as an adult mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also like you know not to be too doom doom and gloom about things but i think more and more the gifts that you can give someone that can survive in say like a nuclear winter, yep, or uh, a mass EMP blackout, uh, the road you know, situation, the road, yep. if you, any sort of thing that can survive, help people know a road situation. Yes, uh, mm. is a good gift as we head into. You're going to need a blanket. This new decade. You're going to need a blanket to keep yourself warm. You're going to need a blanket yep, to yep. cut up and wrap around your feet to keep your feetsies warm. You're going to need yep. a blanket <laughs> to put your food in and throw over a bindle back. You're going to need another blanket yep. for all your babies that you're going to store to you're eat gonna- later. <laughs> <laughs> you right. need a blanket to wrap up all your political prisoners in, you know, from their warring tribes. <laughs> or else you might have to use a scarf, which is also a great gift. <laughs> you mean aka wearable blanket, neck blanket. Yeah. Yeah, a stealth blanket. <laughs> a stealth blanket. Uh secret tech, as you would call it, Kevin. Yeah, the, the old secret tech. <laughs> Chad, I don't know if we told you about this, but Kevin came over wearing a headband. Uh, yep. The last time he yep, visited, yep. and multiple times during the trip, he removed the headband <laughs> for for utility reasons and said "secret tech," and then used it to yeah. solve a problem. Yeah. Wait. Can, what? Oh, I mean, I believe this. Can you give me an example? Can you give me one example of what the headband did? Paul, guess what I have in my pocket right now? It's a headband that I used for another purpose. What? What did you use it for? Give the example, please. Tourniquet. Yes, perfect example. So sometimes I'll be wearing a headband. Like uh, when I when I get out of the shower, I usually put a headband on because I'm kind of like uh, you know I got wet hair. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't want it like dripping down. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. That's that's a normal use for a headband. Chad, it, it's a fine use for a headband. However, <laughs> no, sometimes, I, I'm not judging. Yes. yes. Sometimes something will happen and you'll have to respond quickly. Like I had to give my cat her uh, liquid medicine today. And uh, so sometimes uh, not all of it gets in her mouth. So very quickly before it stained the carpet, I had to be like secret tech, secret tech. and remove the headband. Now my headband acts as a napkin. Yep. Sure. Sure. I mean, it's already a napkin for your head, so that makes sense. <laughs> it's a it's a hair napkin. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Kevin did this, but here's an example of how you could use it as secret tech. You're cooking. Pan, a, yep. pan, a panhandle is hot. Pull it off your head. Secret tech. Grab the ha- panhandle. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Someone's trying to break into your home and take everything you know and love. You can uh, use the headband to whip. to secure whip. the door. Or, oh, or, yeah, or, or I whip. To, to flick it at him right in his eye. And right in the eye. Secret tech. <laughs> Secret tech. tech. When you see a secret tech tech in action, uh, it's much more impressive. You guys are just hearing, like, you know, random stuff off the top of our head. But if you're out in the wild and you see a dude wearing a headband, wait for a crisis because (laughs) that person is that person's gonna have a secret tech. This is this is the Kevin Cole Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Tower. <laughs> yes, right. Is, yes. This is essentially yeah, uh-huh. absolutely that principle. And I got I like Kevin said, I was blown away each time it happened. While <laughs> I'm sometimes ashamed at what a cartoon I am, but <laughs> not today. Today I'm a little proud of what a cartoon. That's I am. cool, man. I like that. Could have used you for. <laughs> I'm not even gonna say. It. You know, if Pearl Harbor had <laughs> had more. <laughs> The headband would have come off, and I would have whispered under my breath, secret tech. <laughs> secret tech. And then you somehow, you, you Captain America flick it at all of the oncoming kamikaze planes <laughs> and take them out before they could crash. Chad, what's your favorite gift? Well, yeah, this is such a broad question. I think the, what my brain went to mm-hmm. is a bit of a sad story, my friends. Oh, jeez. I have a, 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 a star, it was called like a star-crossed gift. But a lost gift. Oh, of no. when I was when I was a young young boy, um, I'd say this is a year or two after after Toy Story one. Oh, okay. I don't think I I don't think I asked for this, but my parents or someone at a family gathering gave me a very nice Buzz Lightyear toy. Like, and it was the Buzz Lightyear from the movie. Right, it had all the features. The wings pop. Man, the fact that those wings would just pop up with a button—that's like my jam. If toys do that kind of like spring action shit, I love it. Yep. Chad, I had the same one. Did you? I did. Okay, so so I envy you, Kevin. So I got that toy. I yeah. was ecstatic. Mm-hmm. I think I was just a little bit old enough or whatever it was. But so my my uncle who always razzed me. Uh, as soon as I got it and like I was super excited, he was like, "Oh, it's a it's a doll for for a girl. Are you a girl? I guess he's like a baby girl." I hope, I hope <laughs> like, that you secret teched his eyes with the fucking wings <laughs> of that thing. I wish I had too. I I was so ashamed that after that day, I told my parents to like take it back because I shouldn't have a baby toy. <gasps> and, did they do it? No, they did. And then like a month later, I was like, "I really, you know what?" fuck my uncle like i i wanted that toy and then they were all sold out and gone and we never could find one ever again and it's been my like oh i really would have had a lot of fun with that toy <laughs> I, I think about what could have been the one that got away because i wasn't it wasn't you know proud or confident enough in myself that i let it go so kevin i i'm glad that you got to play with it chat up 
I will secret tech the fuck out of your uncle. (laughs) (laughs) I will find him. And the last thing he'll see is the paisley red print of my headband. (laughs) Guys, I'm, I'm, I'm really mad about this book. Really? I, I am too. I actually had a fun time. Well, Kevin, I was having a fun time, and then I was not having a fun time, and I was mad because <laughs> of the fun time that was, was, was spoiled by the later not fun time. I think it's my turn to put on uh, the, the makeup and clown wig and be like, this one's actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk, let's talk, because what we have read is, I think this one is... More and more and more, more stories to give you goosebumps or whatever. More and more and more tales to give yourself goosebumps. Special edition six. six ten spooky stories. This title is a, a train wreck. This is a a sin upon Stein because he does. <laughs> we we've discovered now that there are six. We read the last tales to give you goosebumps book. In the yep. series, there were six of them, and the only differentiation... Now, I do think maybe the more and more and more gets added on as well, but yes. but the only true way to tell these books apart other than the cover is the number in the series, because yeah. we did a story or, or did a, an episode on this, uh, I don't know, a while back with Chad and I and our friend Leighton, and we all read the wrong book because <laughs> the only difference are the numbers in the title. Otherwise, there's no way to tell them apart. And we all read the wrong the wrong book, sort of. <clears throat> yeah, uh, this is I, I, I find this I find the title lazy. And yeah. also, like, RL, if you want to sell me all of the books, right? You're, you're a businessman first, an author second. Let's be frank. Of course. I find the title unnecessary because yes. you could just call it more tales to give you goosebumps. You could just do more and more and more. And that would differentiate the book. But the fact that it's special edition six makes me think that there are five other more and more and more tales. Right. But I don't think that's how it works, right? I do not believe so. I do not believe so. When I was going through the wiki to kind of look through them, they the, the titles change a little bit. Uh, I think if you're really going to stick to the bit, Mr. Jovial Bob Stein, mm-hmm. just do like Tales to Give You Goosebumps, more Tales, and then just by the time you're doing the sixth one, have it be more and more and more and more Tales to Give You it, Here's how it actually works. There's Tales to Give You Goosebumps, all right? There's yeah. more Tales to Give You Goosebumps, even more sure. Tales to Give You Goosebumps, still more Tales to Give You Goosebumps, more and more Tales to Give You Goosebumps, more and more and more Tales to Give You Goosebumps. The problem is... Each one of them says 10 spooky stories in the spot where the name of the book goes. That's uh, the problem. That's where the normal spot on the cover of a Goosebumps book is to signify this uh, is the story name. Yes. 10 spooky stories, the same on each one. That's the problem. You know, it's not a problem is this cover. I am having a good time with this cover. Look. There's Radical Curly. He's snowboarding. He's got his dog friend with him. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a normal, a normal non-skeletal bulldog. <laughs> the bulldog bull- is sledding. He's got the gamer gunner glasses. Gamer on. gunner glasses. Do not be caught off guard by an errant ray of sun. Kill, kill, kill glasses. <laughs> by the way. Yes. Get gunner glasses if you want to sponsor our... <laughs> I got the slogan for you right there. I just laid it out for you. Kill, kill, kill. Kill, kill, kill. kill, kill. I, I looked up because uh, the Curly's Bulldog has been established on multiple of these covers, oh, starting oh, with okay. even more tales to give you goosebumps, where he's just hanging out next to the pool. Right, yes. 
This the dog's name is Drool. <gasps> Love it. That's good. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. I'm into it. This is my first Goosebumps short story collection. Sure. And this is our this is only our second, right, Chad? I mean, technically we've Here's the thing. We've each read different ones, so there are so many of these collections out there for us to Much read. like the Nightcracker Nightcracker Nutmare, I don't know how much time the Nightcracker Nutmare? Yeah. Nutmare. Uh, <laughs> nutmare. Uh, I don't know how much time has passed on any of these. This is, I, I, I don't know anymore. I've been having a lot of nutmares recently, guys. I can't. <laughs> I, love, I love nutmare. If you don't jerk off or have sex for a while, you'll totally have a nutmare. If you, if you know Nut November, you will have a nutmare in the first day of December. <laughs> Um, real quick before we move on from the cover not only is there the radical image of the snowboarding curly there's another curly we're we're blessed with two curlies on this cover curly with matrix glasses on uh properly sitting on a chair (laughs) reading us reading us a book with a cuppa with a nice cuppa a nice warm cuppa in the upper left hand corner is curly curly's about to offer you the red pill yes curly (laughs) he's about to wake your ass up from your nutmare Fuck yeah. <laughs> now, Kevin, I agree. This is a pretty radical cover. I actually think the second Curly ruins this cover because it's it's breaking the framing device of every Goosebumps book. Mm-hmm. Like we got R.L. Stein. The formatting's all different. This is like a bootleg Goosebumps. I, I'll agree with that. Uh, this is a little cluttered. I mm-hmm. love Curly, but we don't need him twice. <laughs> Disagree, but okay. Yeah. Wh- which, which Curly is the real... Which one's modern time Curly? When I look <laughs> at this cover... Is is Curly on the red pill chair? Is he the frame, or is he telling me about a time that he went snowboarding? He is letting you know that the snowboarding Curly is stuck inside of the Matrix. I I believe he's cr- being the crypt keeper. Like we're meant to assume that Curly sure. is presenting these stories to us in an anthology sort right. of style. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. But nowhere in the text is that ever suggested. I also want to uh, point out that the French version of this cover uh, recognizes what the best story in this. Yes, yes it does. <laughs> in this collection. Yes, is. it sure as hell does. And uh, yeah, you got a cool ass ice vampire on the French cover. The ice vampire is artistic as hell. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah we'll cool. get to the, the vampire de glace. Yeah, dog. Kevin, so this is your first short story collection. What? Were you excited to to indulge in some short stories? Were you not looking forward to it? How are you feeling? I knew it had the chance of becoming a parade of horrors with very little accountability between stories. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and it was only sort of that. It was mostly like fun, you know? Yeah. I, I, I liked that if a story was kind of shitty, we just bailed out of it in a couple of pages. Like, yeah. I always liked reading short stories and I always liked writing short stories, but something about them in like school made them seem like low class. Mm. They never make you read like a collection of short stories in, in English or whatever. No. Well, you don't have room, Kevin, in a short story for like 12 pages about dwarven history. Which right? is you can't, fine. You can't you can, fit that in there in a short story. I mean, you can fit like a page or two in there. I mean, you sure, gotta have, you yeah. gotta have some dwarven context. <laughs> It's right. The closest you'll get in school to a short story is like a novella. They'll throw like the pearl at you, right? They'll be like, we're going to read the pearl. They'll they'll show like, or we're going to read this fun one called The Lottery. Yes. Or whatever. The Lottery, or like, is, the lottery is a short story and that is a good, that's a good short story. 
Short stories are good. I love reading short story collections. We were talking about Welcome to the Monkey House on uh-huh. uh, Camp Goosebuds, which is a, a Kurt Vonnegut uh, short story collection, which is amazing. I've always really liked short stories, and I really, I really did like this book, even even though you know they vary in quality, as is to be expected. I think what this what the short story does for RL in this book and other writers, which is something mm-hmm. we will get to, uh, yeah. what the, what it does really well is. The kids do not have to be fleshed out. He does use the kids to his advantage for storytelling purposes occasionally, and does it, and he does a good job with it. But for the most part, the horror, and this is like a short horror film too, the horror gets the the front load of the narrative, right? Like the action, the horror is what is what we're dealing with. It it shows up, it scares us, it gets out, it's done. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel like this is where this is where Arl Stein's title first writing. Uh, strategy works really well where he's just trying to give you a brief vision into a world and in some of these he doesn't even tell the full story because you can just make up the rest of it in your head and that's great like the, if, don't bother telling the boring part of the story like just tell the good parts and uh starting starting off with don't sit on the gronk oh, oh. <laughs> yeah we get a nice gremlin story to start this off, <laughs> this right? This is RL. Yeah, this is definitely RL's either ode or slam on gremlins. Uh, maybe by making fun of the premise. I don't know. This um, is so '90s. It's painful mm-hmm. because we have Koosh-Balls, Walkmen, uh, and Gremlins references. I think Gremlins was '80s, but. Yeah, still. but sure. But yeah. still, it, it had been already been established in the in the zeitgeist, right? Um, but the fact that the monster is essentially a bio kush ball yes. is incredible. This is a good, yeah, it's a good first one. It's Let's, a yeah. it's a great start. We start off with the boy. I don't remember his fucking name. It doesn't matter. So Brad, Brad. <laughs> It is Bradley. Yeah. So Bradley wakes up and he he's already opened up his Walkman. It's not working because he hasn't read the instructions. Should have read the instructions, Bradley. Oh, my God. And it very quickly yeah. telegraphs where this story is going. But that's fine because this is an yeah. instance where RL uses the flaws of his characters to tell the story and, and do it effectively, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it actually matters that Brad doesn't read the instructions. That ends up being what, like, kicks him in the ass at the end. Mm-hmm. You don't see that in a regular Goosebumps book. <laughs> no, I guess not. It's just it's just that the instructions are so specific, which is also Gremlins, I guess, right? Right. Like, yeah. I just watched Gremlins last month for the first time in a while, and I had kind of forgotten how arbitrary the rules are. Right. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it, it feels made up on the fly a little bit. Water makes them duplicate. Right. Sun kills them. Past midnight turns bad thing or whatever. It's just very arbitrary. Right. And this is well. At least those instructions, uh, like at least the arbitrariness of those instructions. If we're gonna take a dig at this story, the arbitrariness of those instructions makes it be like, all right, that sounds made up. I'm not gonna listen to any of those. Those don't matter. Right. We don't even learn uh, the arbitrary instructions until after Bradley just, has screwed them all up. Yeah. I just, I just, I, I, it almost this seemed like a comedy story. I and I maybe. Because it is Bradley's like, cool, I got this thing that seems alive. It's the size of a tennis ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They c- compare it to a kush ball, which, yeah, is again, like you said, Kevin, it's very 90s. Yep. Yeah. And, and then he proceeds to just break every rule in direct order. Like, yes. in, in a hilarious way. Yeah. Brad calls his friend Roscoe over, and there's <laughs> this line that 
I loved that was when Roscoe heard about the Gronk, he came running up. He came running. Now, calling it the Gronk is very funny. I like that it's mm-hmm. called the Gronk. It's just, it feels 90s to me to call something Yeah, I could see Gronk on the packaging in a big green slime splat saying Gronk, you know, like yeah. on the packaging. Like, you can see that. That was the that was definitely like the Nickelodeon style, right? Like a like kind of a nonsense word that has like an onomatopoeia ish vibe to it. I I was not picturing former New England Patriots tight end Robert Gronkowski <laughs> at all. To be standing there as if he were a quarterback with the Gronk in his hand, ready to throw. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But if if Gronkowski <laughs> did look more like the noble Roman's pizza mascot, <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, you might have to post. You might have to post that image. Uh, a, a pizza gremlin. Okay, uh, okay. pizza gremlin. Yep. <laughs> but like, if Gronkowski looked more like, I feel like I've talked about this podcast before to the point where it, it's. Uh, I mean, if Gronk, this is what Gronk looks like to me. Okay, okay that is definitely the Gronk. That is one hundred percent. Yeah, just yeah. the Cookie Monster with tomato eyes and a pepper nose. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is that is the Gronk to me. And if Gronkowski looks more like that playing football, I'd be like, I, Sweetums from Muppets. Yes, right. This That's is, the reference point. This is an Indiana only monster. Is is what I'm gathering. <laughs> sure, sure. He the the noble Romans mask monster would take kids and bake them into pizzas. That's if an, they were bad. Yeah, that's an Indiana cryptid for sure. <laughs> This is a this is like a proto gritty. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah, it's the googly eyes, the kind of Google yeah. goof, goofy googly eyes. No, noble Romans mascot walked so that gritty could run. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of running, they run outside. Roscoe runs over. Anyway, <laughs> R- yeah. Roscoe full tilt runs over, and they take this living creature out because he holds the little koosh ball in his hand, and it's wriggling and moving and doing and breathing and doing things that a living creature would do. He takes it outside for a little toss about. <laughs> I I immediately had a problem. Like this is a pet, and you're just throwing throwing it. it, and they're like, and they're like, it's giggling, it loves it. Like you don't know, you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, how it you don't know. Like I I think that's. Like part of the horror is that this is such a strange, weird thing that they're taking so lightly. I don't know if you guys remember, but when Darwin discovered the Galapagos, <laughs> he picked up every animal, threw it in the air, and if it giggled, he said it likes it, and then he wrote that down in his book. <laughs> that, was, that was actually the entirety of on the nature of species, uh, the first draft. It was just whether they giggled when thrown. Did it giggle? That was the whole. That's how he broke down the um, taxonomy of the animals that he found. Yeah, giggles that's or not giggles. <laughs> But that's also why we don't have the dodo anymore. <laughs> Didn't I giggle. Know. Didn't oh, giggle. They threw him too hard. <laughs> so they throw they throw the Gronk around, yep. and they're just like they're hacky sacking it at this point. And yep. and as they notice, like oh, it's getting heavier and and bigger, and it comes like a bowling ball size, and then it's like a beach ball, and they're getting too tired. They can't throw this thing. It's too. It's taking on too much mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a medicine ball by the end. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where's it? Where's it taking this in? It's not gaining nutrients. Maybe it's photosynthesizing. Who right. knows? Photosynthesizing fun into its body. So Brad rolls the Gronk home. Yep. And uh, then I got a little weird vibes as just like, oh, you're comfortable, Gronk. I'll lay in you like a beanbag. Right. Right. Again, another '90s thing. A nice, cool, a cool beanbag. That was some tactile horror there. Yeah, that's some tactile horror because he's thinking. I was like, this is just to. 
get to the title, don't sit on the Gronk, right? Right. This is the... Well, you read that title and you know he's got to sit on the Gronk. <laughs> You're waiting for the sit. You're waiting for the, ta- You're the title waiting drop. For the, sit. Uh, the whole time I was just like, come on, just sit on the fucking Gronk, dude. Sit on it. Does the Gronk slap him before or after he sits on it? I don't think he's slapped by the Gronk. Yeah, the Gronk does not slap. You ready? It's the little creature. I rolled off the Gronk and fell to the floor, only it's not little anymore. I tried to stand, but the creature slapped me hard with its rubbery tendrils and knocked me down. (laughs) Oh, that's right. It does have like, wow. it does have uh, anti-tentacles. The Koosh Koosh fibers are, are now like big noodle tentacles, I guess. This is the the Koosh fights back this, in this episode, and then the Gronk just keeps growing and growing. Uh, his uh, Brad's sister Kelly is like, "You should have read the instructions," which is, I think it's don't take the Gronk outside. Yep, don't throw it. Don't. Specifically, it's like don't throw it like a ball. And whatever you do, don't sit on the Gronk because then the Gronk will want to sit on you. And then the Gronk launches into the air, and we have a Junjay Ito esque ending <laughs> where the kid is smashed into into jam on the ground, which is great. It's a great. I I love that story. That story that we read. I read this one, and I was like, "We're in for something good here, guys." You guys were being nicer to the Gronk story than I was. I was already like, "I don't know." It feels kind of arbitrary. Rules made up, but maybe that's Gremlins. But. I mean, what what was that like? Ten pages? Like that was ten pages? Yeah, you're in and out. That was fine. If that was a whole book, and we got those rules at the end, and like each chapter was him breaking a rule for like, or like over like five chapters, he broke one rule, and then the next oh, chapter he sure. broke five. Like if we had done a whole hundred and twenty pages of that, would have been pissed. But in ten pages to get through there and have the stupid arbitrary rules and get the kids smashed by a giant koosh ball, I'm into yeah. it. Yeah. I'm here. This is a little. This is a little like goosebumps dim sum, where you're like, yeah. okay, so I I didn't like this one dumpling we ordered. It's a little too spicy for me, but it's all right. I'm moving on, and we got some. We got nine more beautiful bites ahead of us, Chad. I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on some of these, like because no, clearly, sure clearly, a ton of time was not spent on them. <laughs> I, I think I think there's a couple that I would like to really discuss, and we'll and we'll hit them. And then when we get to the really bad ones, which is the second half of this book, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, we can just sort of blaze through those. It started to feel like RL was filling page counts with the second half of some of these. Yeah. Uh, the last story in this book, and this is this is the keep, the, pe- the people that are waffling, <laughs> that are keep, that are waffling. I don't know if I'm going to listen to this episode. The last story in this book is a fart. Is the fartiest <laughs> story I've ever read by, by RL Stein, and we'll get there. It's maybe his best story ever. Uh, the, the second story, Nutcracker Nightmare, is, I think, a skip, uh, honestly. The only- uh, I thought it was, I thought this one was pretty good. I thought it actually had a, a good scare. It's a pretty scary idea. It captures a feeling pretty well. Like, you know, yes. RL had to go see, like, uh, the Nutcracker or something and was bored to tears and decided to make a horror story out of it, but. It's a curse story without any kind of, like, pay off to the what the kids had done right so right. like girl and her parents are invited by their teacher to see the nutcracker and very quickly the girl is like i hate this like loan out dress i have to wear for my cousin mm-hmm. yeah about this is gonna be boring i called the teacher who invited us miss miss boring she's actually she's her she's her former babysitter yeah babysitter and and miss boring is like oh we're gonna have to teach you some patience and she keeps like Tapping her watch. to a clock that seems like a wristwatch or clock that seems magical in a way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And very quickly, it's just, oh my God, we've been here for who knows how long. I'm aging. 
you, my mom's hair is turning white. <laughs> you say very quickly, but this seems like a writing exercise to be like, how do I impress upon my yes. readers that this character is bored? And I thought it was I thought it was effective though because it reminded me of being in church where everything takes. <laughs> longer especially christmas mass when you're yeah. when you're like all you can think about is when i get home we get to open presents right but christmas yeah. church, christmas mass drug on and it was an extra half an hour long because of yep. whatever reasons uh as we're talking about catholic mass here um, oh my god yeah yeah they added an extra half an hour for christmas stations of the cross oh my god oh good Ugh. good golly so many stations oh, 10 of those things like 10 of these <laughs> stories jesus fell again god damn it i know the rule of three is a thing jesus but you don't have to do it <laughs> Not on this day. <laughs> Does that make myrrh the punchline of gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Myrrh is the have, wacky one. It doesn't even have the K sound in it, Jesus. <laughs> but the but Kings does, so I guess it works. Uh, yeah. So I thought I thought I'm with you, Kevin. This is an exercise in boredom, but I think he does a good job of writing out how slow I could hear the things like the discordant like opening of a you know like a an orchestra warming up like the, mm-hmm. like I could hear that like slowly unfolding and the the curtain slowly opening I thought the writing was evocative enough here it's boring in that nothing really happens but I think it's effective in making you feel what this character is feeling in the moment and the story ends and only the first act of the of the play is has ended and she's already grown and like aged like 10 years yeah. so She's Hulk ripped out of her clothes. Yes. Yeah. This kid is fucked. And I think that's scary. I like what RL is doing with time here because the fact yes. that time is going quickly for Sam and she is experiencing it very slowly right. is, I think, a type of horror. So is the boredom. I think the boredom is is a type of horror that is sort of low key. Like the idea of like I'm wasting my life at this terrible show is right. Pretty, it, it's pretty good to latch on to that. I also like that Sam's a gamer. She's thinking about video games that she could be playing. <laughs> strats. Which is the f- She's thinking about strats for when she gets home. Yeah. I, there was there was a couple of things in a longer book that would have paid off uh, where, like, she has to memorize a poem for class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, in the full feature film of this, right, that would have been, you know, cut to 20 years in, in real time. She's still at the play and she's like scrawled the poem into her flesh because it's the only thing she yeah. knows or whatever <laughs> it's like right? it's like memento <laughs> yeah uh-huh. yeah you could do like uh you could do like a world inside the pillow thing with uh-huh. this where like she lives a whole lifetime in this theater as the <laughs> you're referencing adventure time the adventure time episode uh that's actually referencing an older chinese story called the world inside oh cool the pillow. i didn't know that yeah it's the same uh same thing that um uh the inner light is referencing in star trek Ooh, that makes a lot of sense. It's funny, like, I my mind went to, because I was with you, Paul, where I thought this one had the most potential for, like, actually being a scary story, even if it didn't nail it, because if your story is about, you know, a character being bored, I'm kind of bored. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was thinking about my favorite SCP. Ah, uh, yes. Know, the wiki yes. is, yep. is uh, I looked up to remember the number, SCP-1733 is my favorite one, and it's a, um, like, a video cassette. A VHS of a basketball game mm-hmm. that uh, I don't know if you guys ever read it. It's between the uh, the Celtics and the and the Heat. Okay, <laughs> and it is a tape that every time the people at SCP watch it, it's the playback of this game. But as they watch it, every time people in the tape become aware that they're on a loop. Okay, 
kind of thing. So like mm. the the second or third time, they, they just like you basically you're reading their notes of like the fifth time we've played it back. Players stop the game because they say they swear they've played it before. Right. And playback twenty seven, they stop the game and start to talk on the court about what's happening. Mm-hmm. Playback sixty two, they uh, you know, there's mm. riots going on in the crowd. Right. And factions have formed and a religion is made. Uh-huh. And they try to kill the the Miami Heat. And like, <laughs> it's a really interesting idea of it's a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Right. Of like, huh. oh god, we've done this before. Um. I could see that with the story. I think Brian David Gilbert did a similar like thing with like the people in the recording realizing they're trapped in a recording. He did like a oh yeah yeah he did uh, last year I think or maybe this year he did a he did a cool little video that was like that just a little flash horror kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I really love SCP seventeen thirty three is my favorite like fun horror fiction i think i've read on that website i've got it up to read later i'm excited to read it i'll say this just we can wrap this one up i just think we start this book rl kills two within the first two stories i'm here (laughs) i'm here for it yeah i don't mind i don't mind nutcracker nightmare so much i'm just sort of like well you captured the feeling of being bored and he did he did it in an artful way i'm not just i'm not just like doing an (laughs) undercut thing but i don't really want to be Board. I, I think it's smart that he placed this early on because if this was like later in the in the book, we wouldn't have liked it as much. Well, I, don't think. I, I agree, and I think that this book is front loaded with the best stories. I think he wanted the kids to feel happy in the first, you know, like, like be into it for the first couple, and then when the bad stories hit, they were like, "Well, I read like half the book, so I'm okay with this." You know what I mean? Yeah. I think if you're like reading it at at the library or at the Scholastic Book Fair, you might get through the first couple and you'd be like, "Okay, yeah, I get it. I could buy this." Yeah. That that's why he does like the weird sequences at the beginning of his books, like the Tentacle Dream Monster or whatever. Yeah. Like it's, it's to hook you in if you're at the Scholastic Book Fair. Yep. Yep. That's he's right. He's fucking right. Shit. Pardon the pun, but I thought this next one was the coolest story. <laughs> it was a <laughs> Kevin. It was a real chiller. Oh. Oh, I had an a, ice time. It was a piece of art because of sculpture. Um, <laughs> the Ice Vampire, which Ice Vampire is interesting. I actually thought this was a ghost ridden one. I almost threw my book when I read the title The Ice Vampire because that is the coolest combination of words I've ever I uh-huh. know. It's dope. And, and it ultimately ends up being a pretty cool creature that he invents. I like it a lot. I would steal, uh, maybe not this exact concept, but I would steal the phrase ice vampire for like a, a, a D&D encounter yes. or something like that. Yeah. Sure. If, 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 I'm, if, if I'm cuddled up in bed with the, with the lady and she puts her like cold feet against me to warm up, I'm like, you're a goddamn you ice, ice vampire. vampire. <laughs> I'm going to say to her. Mm-hmm. I think that this was cool. I think the idea of elementalizing vampires, almost like how dragons have different colors. <laughs> And, they, and yeah. like, I love the idea of there being different elemental vampires. That's so cool. Me too. Yeah. Because that implies the existence of a blood vampire, which is standard vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a normal I'm a blood vampire. It's a normal classification of vampires. Um, so this one's a weird one in that it's written in third person. Yeah. That's why I thought this one was ghost written was it broke the, the narration. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We do get another third person story in here as well, but we. Yeah, this is uh, a little in- interesting to see a third-person story. But again, that's what's good about all these short stories is it gives RL a chance to stretch and try new stuff. Right. Uh, our protagonists are Billy and Sam, 
we get another Sam. There are several repeat yep. uh, names yeah. in this book. <laughs> yep. Billy and Sam uh, are in an ice sculpture competition, and they carve a gigantic ice cobra, which yep. is rad That's as sick. fuck. Yeah, sick as hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they lose to Bram Stokeman. Stokeman. <laughs> Bram Stokeman. Which is like, <laughs> you read it as an adult, and you're like, fucking, fuck you, RL. And then, but as a, <laughs> a little, yeah, a little news, but as a kid, you're like, <laughs> I get it. And that's fun. Okay. I'm all right with it. It's fun. <laughs> I love Bram Stokeman. I hope there's a Wikipedia uh, entry for Bram Stokeman. There ha- oh, the, if Bram, Bram Stokeman is not considered a character in the Goosebumps universe. I quit. Yeah. But the best part is that when they say Bram Stokeman, it's hyphenated to like fit it, the it's line broken to fit on the page. Yep. Uh, so you see Bram Stoke. And then you go to the next line, man. Man. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so just the, the the logic of the ice sculpture is done by someone named Bram Stokeman. So that means yes. the vampire, and very quickly we find out, oh, that ice sculpture was a vampire. Mm-hmm. Just, I guess, wanted to win, 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 win the contest. So, uh, uh, and they lose the contest, and the friend Billy punches a block of ice, which I thought was... <laughs> was lethal as hell and i was waiting for it to come back because he punches the ice and he and he's not harmed by it love it they decide to cool their jets and go get some uh, apple cider after losing and i like how the park empties out at this point yeah like Mm -hmm. everything's abandoned uh and they're sort of left alone with the ice sculptures which is a really kind of creepy uh thing like i a lot of these i would love to see like uh, a live action video Mm -hmm. version of Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But especially, especially this, and uh, they're attacked by the ice vampire. Oh, no, that, that's a skip over. I wanted. To, they, I thought the cool first thing the book did was they they look for the the sculpture and it's gone. Yeah, yeah. So this is like the shining where the shrub things are moving. You're like, oh shit! Mm-hmm. And instead, in its place is a girl that one of them recognizes. Like, yeah, this is exactly like my neighbor. Very creepy. Yep. And she is now a frozen statue. Like that's that's cool. Yeah, they think it's a sculpture at first, but they're like they see the eyelashes. Yeah, and it's the eyelashes are captured in ice. It's too real. Very cool. The vampire shows up, and I love this line. The vampire laughed a cold, wet laugh. A nice, <laughs> a nice creepy. That's a nice creepy <laughs> line. It's a creepy line. And if it sounded like that, I would have been freaked the fuck out. What Kevin just did. I love that RL found adjectives. Other than sour. Because uh-huh. if he had laughed a, a cold, sour laugh, I would have been upset. A cold, sour laugh. <laughs> it fell to its hands and knees and laughed a cold, sour laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so this ice vampire, I like that it doesn't even seem to have to bite you. It just needs to like touch you like Morbius, the living right. vampire. It starts chasing them and, and, and saying, heat. 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 <laughs> and it chases them all the way home. They try to hide. And they think yeah. they get away and they go to sleep. And they wake up the next morning and they're eating breakfast. <laughs> Sorry, can we, Sorry, can we just talk about that moment first? And I know we need to spend time. I just love that they like they are they're very clearly aware this ice vampire is going to kill them, right? They start to get <laughs> right. like one of them gets frozen and they run away, and there's this whole stuff with the vampire like 
trying to get in. I assumed it was because of the vampires couldn't enter rule, but that's not true. Nope, not true. And yeah. and, then, and then it just because it's a short story, they just go to bed without having the vampire been defeated at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the next morning, they're like having breakfast, like, oh, your sister's outside taking care of the icicles. Like, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure this whole thing just blew right over. We're good. <laughs> But one, it's cool that the vampire sucks heat instead of blood. Yep. I like that. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, and it's pretty kid friendly. The other thing is when the vampire attacks again, Billy thinks it's either Billy or Sam who gives a shit. Billy thinks <laughs> to uh, grab one of the icicles because that would be like a stake through yep. the vampire's heart. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of good ingenuity. I was a little upset, Chad, to your point about the vampire not following the vampire rules. Of, of getting yeah. in because I, I, it seemed that way it was like oh cool they'll be protected by staying inside and then we he breaks through the window after his so his sister's being attacked they rescue her they bring her inside the vampire shows up in another great scene where it face just jumps into the window and starts to laugh at them through the window which is a creepy again a scene that yeah. I would like to see in a live action like you were saying Kevin there's a, it also I think it I think it, it should mention that it froze the window with right. its touch yes. to kind of like yeah. shatter and I'm like okay that's cool yeah. Like, should, yeah should have probably done that last night vampire but that's fine right that part's dope as shit and then uh, they whip out Chekhov's hair dryer oh my god it's so <laughs> great but they set it up they, again another moment where the ca- the sister's annoying trait is pl- is utilized uh utilized well yeah they figure out that they just have to blast him with the hair dryer and he seems to love death like he seems to love it yes. when they hit him with the hair dryer and then they and then it melts down and everyone laughs and high fives each other mm-hmm. and i was like okay well that's a pretty like neat wrap up and then and then guys and then god damn it a giant ice vampire cobra shows up okay so that uh, that is the point that I'm like, that sucks. Why did you put that uh, in yeah, here? Yeah, me too. They, lo- I, they lost me there. What are you talking uh-huh. about? That's cool as shit. Here's why I don't like it. Because it was implied that Bram Stokeman made this vampire. Did he? Mm-hmm. What did he do? Did he make all of them come to life? Is that what they're implying? That he went around yeah. and like touched all of them, I guess? Yeah. All right, fine. I'm, I'm, with, you, I'm with you, Paul. I, I thought they did a cool thing of adding, oh, an ice vampire is an unrelated creature that is using this ice sculpture event to like pre- e- easy pickings, right? Pick up some kids or, or adults and eat them, turn them for get their heat. Yep. But for some reason, their cobra coming alive was like, but that was their own thing. So did like if we're saying Bram Stokeman did it, fine. But I just I didn't like that their thing came to life because it felt like it just felt like he was just trying to get one last scare cheaply. That's what it felt like to me. So Paul, okay, let me get this straight. All right. All right. You're mm. saying a giant vampire cobra made out of ice is not cool. It is cool. <laughs> I don't. I if felt it, because it sounds like you're saying a giant <laughs> vampire cobra made out of ice is not cool. I just want to make sure you know that's how you sound. I know. I, I, I I'm being taken out of context here. <laughs> uh, Paul, I want to jump into. I want to jump and defend you as your as your attorney. If I would argue that if all of the details were the same except for the boys hadn't carved the ice cobra themselves. If there had been another cool sculpture, they got second place. Yes, yeah, there should have been super fucking lame, like like two like super lame, like what two twelve year old boys would have made a super lame ice sculpture, and yeah. then and then the cool cobra, and they're like that one's gonna win, and then the vampire wins. Yeah, I don't know why you guys are hung up on the carving nature of the thing. You could have like a monster that brings statues to life, and you wouldn't be like, well, he didn't carve it himself. But that's just, but Bram Stokeman would be that guy. He would be the he he has animation magic. 
Maybe Bram Stokeman whipped up an even cooler cobra while yeah. they were arguing. Okay, He's like, I'll show fair. you a cool fucking that's cobra. Fair. All right. <laughs> All right, he's right. He's in a different one. He got first place, and he turned around, and he fucking decided to dunk on these stupid children. All right, I I agree. Ice vampire. Nope, the ice vampire rules. There's nothing wrong with it. I I would I I rescind <laughs> nope, my I'm, complaint. I'm gonna, I'm gonna die on this ice hill. I'll, I'll I'll do it. I'm sorry I got cross with you guys. I just I, I felt <laughs> strongly about giant ice cobra. <laughs> I I think if the if the the vampire had just been suckling on the on the heat hair dryer because he loves the heat, mm-hmm. and they're even like he's our friend now, and then the battery died, and they were like, uh oh, and that had just ended, I would have been fine there. That would have been a fine ending for me. Chad, I do like your idea of turning the ice vampire into a a mummy mum muggy or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Just he's just kind of like numbing it, and he's just like put like eating off of the heat, and like he lives with us now. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I'm into friend vampire. I think yeah. that's a cool idea. Next one, not great. Holly Jolly Holiday, first trip up, first real trip up. I think in this story. I, I, oh man, we're going, we're going wildly different directions this here, and book I love is it. Breaking us apart, splinter in the group. I think this is. Probably, I mean, Ice Vampire is the coolest, but I think this might be the best conceptual one. Okay, all right. I like, I like that it's a body horror story, uh, and and sort of a mind horror story because the idea of this one is there is a Christmas tape that, uh, when inserted into your VCR, turns you into the cutesy characters. Right. Th- this is an SCP style story where there's a begotten tape. That mm-hmm. will that will transform you, and that's that's a cool idea. I do agree with that. It's like a little bit of like a ring situation, right? But yeah. I don't know. It just kind of I let you see where it's going, and it's fine. And like, there's I do the one part I did like of this was so like so essentially this kid, uh, I think her sister shows up and yeah. with a tape of a of a holiday special she doesn't like. She turns off her her wrestling show to to watch it. And Not even the wrestling brought you a little closer to this, guys. The ending, it, the it did, and then it lost me with it. Actually, the, the, <laughs> re- the wrestling imagery at the end was kind of funny. I think that it was a, okay. All right, we got to talk about. That's it. kind All of right, a good so, goof. Yeah, this is, but the tape is a Holly Jolly Holiday. Holly Jolly yeah, Holiday. That's the. And there's a there's a weird character that's obsessed with Christmas and is, is like this like kind of like super cheery, over the top. Susie Chris, Snowflake. Susie Snowflake. Yeah. And uh, she has this this catchphrase of cookies to tempt your tummy, which I don't understand what that means, but okay. <laughs> Needed another draft on that. On the, on that no, it's something. It's something stupid, like what would be in an overly saccharine right. Christmas production. Right. Totally, totally. <laughs> and the whole family gets obsessed with it, and it's watching it, and they're physically changing into the character. Yeah, they're they're getting bimbified, but into Susie Snowflake. Into Susie <laughs> This is definitely someone's DeviantArt fetish thing. <laughs> it even happens to her dad. Like, he loses his beard. His and beard starts. falls off. It happens to it happens to the, the dog. dog. That's what I thought. The yeah. dog turned, like, I, I think there's a version of this where, like, if if everyone had started to become characters from the tape, if there had actually been, like, you like know. Like, five characters, full, yeah. 
five characters. There's like one to one, and Susie Snowflake has a dog, and next thing you know, like suddenly our dog, but it's like our dog's hair is turning red, like uh-huh. Susie Snowflake. Dad lost his beard, so it's just turning everyone into gingers who like cookies, right? Yeah, right. but I do like. There is a great part. So as this, as the family slowly devolves, the the youngest, who is our main mm-hmm. character, she realizes that the only way to stop this is to wait till the tape is done, eject it, and then destroy yep. the tape. And so in order to do that, she needs to dive deeper into the holly jolly mania that yeah. they're getting, which is cool. That's a cool idea. I'm not saying this is a bad one. I just think this is the first one where I was kind of like. Like that wasn't like that wasn't hitting on all cylinders for me, but it is a pretty okay one. This one really works for me as someone who I, I try not to be a Grinch, but like I'm not enamored of Christmas <laughs> traditions so much. Right. But when sure. everyone else around me is like super into like the Christmas spirit, I'm not gonna try and bring them down. So I'm gonna try and go along with it with them, and I kind of have to like plunge deeper into the Susie Snowflake mentality. Exactly. I felt pretty close to RL on this one, I gotta say. This, this one you could have done some like, you know, I think, which did this very well, the horror comedy Krampus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This kind of like perpetual Christmas as a as a horror stinger is a cool idea. Yeah. I, I could see this working, but I was a little biased because I actually thought RL was referencing, I guess, another regional Midwest reference, uh, Susie Snowflake is an old 19 like 1930s 40s black and white stop motion film that uh played on like wgn and chicago tv oh over the holiday and it is something that when you see it it is like this could be an scp this could be a creepypasta because it's so low budget mm-hmm. and so lesser known mm-hmm. if you like if i showed it to you and you were like yeah, and here's the thing: everyone who made this, they all died the next year. <laughs> right? Oh yes. My God. Like it's it's just it's like here comes Susie Snowflake. Da, 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 uh-huh. But it's like there's nothing to it. But that's vagueness makes it creepy. Like the first lyrics: Here comes Susie Snowflake, dressed in a snow white gown, tap tap tapping at your window pane to tell you she's in town. That's terrifying. Yeah, that could be really, uh, be really scary. My my girlfriend <laughs> Heidi first showed it to me, like you know, a couple holidays ago. I'm like, this is super creepy. Yeah. If so, that version of it could work. That could, I think maybe like I would have loved to have seen in the short story that one extra step of them going down the curse where it's like they've baked everything in the house into cookies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I don't mm-hmm. know. Their dad's cutting down all of the trees in the front yard. Uh huh. Like they're like, oh whatever, it's taken over, it's destroying their lives. I don't know. I like the personal dive into the abyss though. I like that uh she feels herself slipping away as Susie takes over. I think that's actually pretty uh extreme for a, a kid's horror book. Yeah, Beth's nose dive towards oblivion is pretty extreme and pretty cool. I, I have to go deeper, yeah, farther yeah. down. And uh, <laughs> she pulls out, she pulls out, she gets the tape, she destroys it just in time. The the WrestleMan save her. The rest- she sees the Yes. Oh, okay. All right. So the yeah the ending of the WrestleMan. Let's talk. Yeah. Well. Uh, okay. So she so she gets the she gets the VHS and when she looks up she sees wrestling on TV and she's like as Susie she's like ew but then that's the spark that makes her remember herself. Yep. And she whips the VHS into the fire which saves her family. Mm-hmm. Then later for Christmas she gets a VHS of the Crusher I believe is the, the name Crusher of yeah. Mm-hmm. 
it's from the same shop as the as the Susie Snowflake thing. So it implies that her whole family turns into Wrestlemans. And I mm-hmm. think that's great. It's a great, it, it, the ending is fantastic because you get this great image of them all preparing to like top rope jump onto each other and destroy each other with, with pressure moves. And that's fun. Yeah. That's a fun ending. But you, wait, no, you guys are adding that though. That's why I, I, I like that idea. Well, well, that's the fun of the short stories, Chad, is like you get to make up the rest of the story in your head. He doesn't tell you the dumb, boring parts that you can just make up. <laughs> it's like. I, I guess it was just, it felt like it needed another half a page to actually like follow through on the idea at all. I, I, I feel like I'm being nitpicky. Yeah, but you know. As I, as I read it. You know what? As we just, as we discussed this one, I do think I liked this one more than I, than I. Liked. Yes. I, I, Paul, oh my bringing God. you over. Oh my I'm God. willing to, t- I, you know, I'm, I'm keeping an open mind about each of these 10 stories until we get through talking about them. Well, yeah, we're in, the, we're, we're in, uh. We're going to enter the weeds soon. We're in the Halcyon days right now. Mm-hmm. It it was just it was a tape starring the Crusher. I popped it into the VCR. Wrestle Rama presents the Crusher in some of his greatest matches, an announcer said. Then the Crusher appeared on the screen. Looking as mean and dangerous as always. Arg! He screamed with rage. I guess that's kind of funny. I grinned yeah. with excitement. This is the best Christmas present ever. Where did you find it? I asked Jody. I didn't know the Crusher had his own video. I know, Jody replied. The lady at the Christmas shop said it's the only copy she's ever seen. I guess, like, I guess that's enough of a hook. It's it is. a punchline. It like, it's a punchline. Like, you know, you know what's coming next, and that's the funny part. If 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 she if it, if it had been, he looked back to his sister to ask Jody, and Jody was climbing the bookcase to prepare to <laughs> elbow drop him. I'd go best short story in the entire series. <laughs> yes, but. It's still really good, I think. I like I like both of the twists, even even though they're very similar. I like Ice Vampire and Holly Jolly Holiday. I like their twists at the end, where you think you have an idea of what the monster is, but then the twist is, it's a broader thing than you originally thought it was. It's not localized to this one specific mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. With the I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a Scrooge about this one. <laughs> You're gonna be a real anti Susie here, aren't you? I just think it. <laughs> I just think it opens up these ideas into broader stories, and I'd kind of like to see the follow-up on them. Like, a VHS shop where you become what you watch on the VHS, I think you could stretch that out and do a whole thing. That could be a- it could have been a novel, yeah. It could have been a full book. Yeah. Now, why I hate Jack Frost- This is an interesting one for a multitude of reasons. This is the first confirmed ghost-written yes. story. First officially confirmed ghost-written story of Goosebumps. And I think I think it's kind of bad. Okay, I, I I think this one's okay. I think this one's this one suffers from a lot of problems. I think, but I do think the ending is pretty creepy of an idea. I think it gets to another one of those Junji Ito esque endings. You're being so nice to call it Junji Ito, Paul. I, You're being so nice. I think it has part. a Junji Ito esque ending. I want to write. I want. I want. Do you want to say something about Catherine Lance, the author who uh, admitted yeah. to writing this? I went to her Wikipedia page and did some reading. She has um, a section of under others under various names. Okay. Mm-hmm, Seven mm-hmm. books in the Give Yourself Goosebumps series. So we may have read some of her Give Yourself Goosebumps. We may Goosebumps. have read a Catherine Lance. We may have read yeah. a Catherine Lance. She wrote uh, multiple stories in the R.L. Stein's Ghost of Fear Street series. And then she wrote this short story. And there is a bullet point under her various names list. 12 ghost-written young adult series novels for a single publisher, 1990 to 1998. What do you well, think that means? She can't say they're Goosebumps, but they're Goosebumps? I Maybe think, I think I think she's written 
I think she's written 12 Goosebumps books. I don't think I would have admitted to writing this story is all I'm saying. I think that shows character that she said that she wrote it. Yeah, I think you got to stand by your work. Right. Even if it's even if it's kind of I I feel like it's okay to admit that she did it. I don't know if I would have said I did research on Jack Frost in order to get a feel for the character because Jack Frost in this is just come get in the snow. Let's get in the snow like the entire time. I don't know if she like nailed the authenticity of Jack Frost. Um but also she had 10 pages to do whatever this was. I think she does a pretty decent job of taking the classic Spending Christmas in a warm area trope, right? She takes that idea and she runs with sure. it. Kid gets pulled to Arizona and, and he loves Christmas and just wants to celebrate Christmas, right? Uh, yeah. In order to get some Christmas cheer, they go to the mall. They buy an ornament of Jack Frost hanging out in front of a, a wintry looking house. And they, instead of sharing it with their miserly parents who or mom, miserly mom, mm-hmm. who's dragged them to Arizona, they put it above their bed and they go to sleep at night for a, a long winter's nap in which they are pulled into a uh, Lovecraftian nightmare of Christmas horrors. <laughs> and then uh, and then and then awake the next day and cannot shake the cold from the dream. And this happens three times. And mm-hmm. on the third time, mm-hmm. the horror becomes so deep. Th- th- I thought this was this was a real scare, a real scare here. Yeah. When they the third dream is the child is making snow angels in the snow and is going so yeah. hard that they dig themselves into the ground where they can see the Junjei Ito esque hole that was made for them. <laughs> you know, I he's swear right. to God, he's right. I no, that is God. a Junji Ito it's thing. A scary, it's a scary <laughs> image. And then the face of Jack Frost appears above above it and starts to shovel snow, creating a uh, a, a claustrophobic nightmare for this child. They wake that, up. That part is scary. That's scary. The first two before it are just, I wake up in a winter wonderland and Jack Frost says, come play with me. And then he just, he's like, I don't want to, Jack. And then we're playing snow. And we're, now we're shoveling and snow. I, and I'll defend that because I think it's a slow, a slow, uh, it's boiling the frog here. The kid is like not too scared of this <laughs> thing yet, right? <laughs> And they and they slowly they slowly uh, you know get this kid pulled into this nightmare with Jack Frost and, and you slowly in the second one you see Jack Frost is being a little fucked up they push him down the hill and send them yep. careening towards a cliff but they wake up in time and then the third one is the 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 true snow terror where they're in that hole and then the kid throws out the ornament yeah and this is where I think this takes a really creepy turn then they think they've they've solved their problem they go to sleep Jack wakes them up and they're trapped. In this cold, in this cold hell that Jack has created for them, and they try to go to sleep inside of the dream, and we get this dream within a dream sequence where they wake up and they and they can't stop feeling hot no matter what's going on in the real world, only to discover mm. that Jack Frost has now wrapped them so tightly around their finger, around his Jack Frost finger, that they can't <laughs> even think about how to get out, and they they grab the ornament they think is the ornament they threw away, only it turns out to be a small ornament of their home in Arizona, and now they are trapped forever in Jack's hellscape. Pretty good reason to hate Jack Frost. The twist, it's a good reason to hate Jack The twist is what you thought was the dream, which is Jack Frost world, is actually your reality, and the dream was you going to Arizona, I think. I think Jack has utilized dark magic within the dreamscape <laughs> yeah. to yeah. trap the child inside of the eternal torment that Jack has set up. You guys are giving these guys so much credit in this episode. Chad, it's I, I, called <laughs> reading between the lines, okay? It's called critical <laughs> thinking skills, all right? These are what these books are meant to exercise in young 
curious minds. You guys, you guys are are yanking my chain. You know what? You're yanking my my Jacob and Marley chains right now. And I'm going to bat with this one. I'm trying to change hearts and minds on pa- this. Paul, Paul, you've changed my heart and mind Thank on you. this one. Thank you. You're right. You're right. Oh my god. All right. All right. Then I bring I bring to the court exhibit. Let's six. see. Let's see. There's no way you are going to defi- defend. Marshmallow surprise. Chad, I knew, I knew you of all of these, you would have the biggest problem with this one. It sucks. I hate marshmallow. It sucks. It sucks. <laughs> it's marshmallow surprise is dog shit. And for that, I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? I didn't th- it's not good. It's not it's not a good story, but it's a story that like forgets who its audience is until the very end and then sort of writes Uh a new twist marshmallow surprise i have never been more sure was just written one draft down on the page (laughs) as it went and we just wrapped it up and never looked back it is a i'm sure i'm sure an editor said hey you realize your audience is kids right and he's like oh yeah i guess i'll write a new ending because it's kind of a cool idea of like this like this this neighbor that is being tormented by children getting her revenge on on the holiday was kind of cool up until the end that sucked uh, okay so like it's kids three kids break an old woman's mailbox mm-hmm. yep right they're fucking around and they found out yeah and she invites them over for some hot chocolate and it's just kind of a like oh is she mad at us right like is she it's mm-hmm. it's a stranger danger situation absolutely <laughs> Because it is legitimately scary to think of a woman poisoning children with her with her hot cocoa, yep. taking advantage of their gullible and trusting nature. Mm-hmm. She her poison that she reveals. I guess she doesn't even say like I'm a witch or sorceress or anything. Just I the marshmallows in the hot cocoa. There are no marshmallows in the hot cocoa, but it is called. Oh, the hot, sorry. The hot cocoa is called marshmallow surprise, and the kids ask where the marshmallows are, and she says, "You'll see." Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that the the hot cocoa was turning. I at first they're just her bones into marshmallows. Yeah, yep. But then it's like all of them are turning into marshmallows. Well, maybe. no, because the twist because on top Jesus of the twist Christ. is that these three kids are all werewolves, and they I hate it. Fuck her and shit they up. rip her to pieces. It's dumb. <laughs> I hate it so it was, much. It was going in a cool direction, and if there was a different twist in any way, it could have been good. It was go- it was going well until that twist happened. I think turning your bones into marshmallow and you can't walk anymore, and then she's just like, "I'm gonna eat you," or like, I don't know. So that would have been fucking scary. The kids should have like marshmallow like walked over to her and then globbed around her and then pulled her into the cauldron of hot chocolate. And then they should have all become marshmallow surprise together. You know what I mean? I love it. I think this was a weird like kid power move. It was. To be like, without the werewolf twist, this is just a morality tale about why you should respect your neighbor's property. Yep. But like, if you're a child, that's not a very interesting story to you. So he's like, fuck it. They turn to werewolf. That's not Bart Simpson I, cool, so it's not going to work yeah. in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't shake the comparison in my mind of uh, the episode of Community where they're telling each other scary stories. Mm-hmm. To like try to see who's a sociopath, mm-hmm. and you're getting to see like each other's characters through how they what they think is a scary story. Yeah, and Annie Edison, Alison Brie's character, tells a very sappy romance about a girl falling in love with a vampire, and then as a joke, 
it's a bad twist that Annie's like, but then the woman was like, I'm a, I'm actually a werewolf that feasts on vampires. Mm-hmm. And then she kills and eats them. And it's like, ha ha, because Annie, you know, doesn't. And Abed's like, that's not a good story. It's a bad story, Eddie. And that's exactly what this I, is. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens because he goes, the joke's on you. We're secretly werewolves. Fuck her up. I, I Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I like it. I don't know. If Abed from Community says it's a bad story, then I guess <laughs> it's Kevin. a bad story. <laughs> Fine. The vo- I, I'm not going to follow my story for the voice of Dan Harmon. You're right about that. But... <laughs> Oh my god! It's a bad. I, it's <laughs> no, a bad Chad, one. you're right. You're totally right. This story is bad. That's bad storytelling. Uh, <laughs> it's bad. I, it's not I don't one. know anymore. You know what? Like <laughs> Joker made 100 million dollars at the box office. Everyone loves the Snyder cut. What the fuck do I know about storytelling? I don't know anymore. <laughs> no, Chad, don't doubt yourself, Chad. Stick to your guns. <laughs> I, I think I think there are matters of taste for some of these. However, this one is a crime, and the next one is a crime as well. Monster on Ice. Oh, monster on ice. Uh, Paul, pa- Paul, I could feel you getting excited I, for a hockey story. I was so psyched. There's a lot of hockey talk in this book, too. There's a lot it, of hockey talk. A lot it, of video games and a lot of hockey talk. It was really, it was appealing to all three of us in, in its own yeah. ways. This one, hockey story. Cool. Kids, except for Chad. Except, no, Chad, Chad loves the Chad I know. Loves. Wait, the, the ending of this one I kind of liked. So let's talk about <laughs> Uh, this, there's a lot of good dog stuff throughout this too. Which is, which yeah, it's because there's dogs in it. I like the dog. And the name of the dog is Stinker. That's great. That's funny. He's a German Shepherd, which is beautiful. <laughs> Named this, Stinker. This story, Paul. Tell me if you feel like this is different. Paul Kevin, if you feel like this is differently. This is R.L. Stein went to one hockey game in his life. Yeah. He was dragged to it. He's like, I'm not enjoying. It. It's cold here. <laughs> and then he heard the announcer or someone say, "That guy's a monster on the ice." And he's like. I got it. I got a story. And then he just kind of forced that into a short story. It's exactly what it is. And he gets a pair of, of, of monster ice skates, the kid, and they say, be a monster on the ice. He puts them on. He gets angry, turns into a monster on the ice, almost kills his friend in a yep. in a in a fit of monster anger. Take, playing some flyer hockey. Playing some flyer hockey, getting, being a broad street <laughs> yeah. bully. And he, he learns his lesson, demonsters himself by taking off the skates. Takes them home and tries to uh, tr- tries to hide them away so that he cannot he won't you know commit the same crime. Comes home later, uh, and his sister has put them on their dog stinker, and their dog stinker has gone crazy. <laughs> Skating monster dog is very funny to me. I, I, I you guys know when like when comedies do a thing where they have like a dog dressed like a human, and then they have like human arms underneath the table yes. manipulating objects. Yes. Yeah. And it makes it look like the dog's a person. That's what I was picturing coming out of the closet with like a, a, a hockey stick. It was just a humanoid dog man yep. uh, running out. I was like, that's funny. That's cool. <laughs> funny, that's probably- <laughs> funny image, terrible story. Yep. Yeah. It didn't work. It didn't work for Slam Dunk Ernest when Slam Dunk Ernest got possessed skate <laughs> sneakers. It didn't work for this one. I, yeah, this one, this one felt like the shortest one too. There is that one scene where there's a heartfelt apology, which yeah. seemed kind of, which seemed like kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. For once, like mm-hmm. it's a bittersweet note where his friends don't totally forgive him, and he's just sort of stuck in this like agony of I've I've committed a faux pas, and no one will, no one will absolve just, my sins. There's just, there's just no like agency on the characters of the choices they're making. No. Right? Like, yeah. well, there's, there's there's some other short story. I can't remember what it was. Where someone like you know he wants to 
be the fastest runner, so he gets some sneakers and he runs until he dies. That might be a goosebump story. I can't remember where it's from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you, like the characters have to make a choice of like, I want to be the best skater. Yeah, like maybe if maybe if he was renowned because he's the MVP of his hockey team. It said right at the beginning, right? He should have yeah. been the worst player on his hockey team, and he gets yeah. these, and he's tempted with the power, but he makes the choice. Not to take the power, or he makes the choice that he he could get rid of the skates, but he keeps them because he's like maybe I'll use them again someday, and then he's punished. You know what I mean? Like give him give yeah, him yeah, yeah. give him like a little quandary, have him make the wrong decision, and then punish him for it. But none of it has any have rhyme him, or like, reason. Skate over the bully's head or something like decapitate. Yeah, like do like a twirling yeah. like leg spin and then like take off his head with it. Or something, <laughs> you know, like this is fucking like, cool. in, like in Blades of Glory. Yeah, yeah. just. Dude. I mean, you could even just do like you could even remove the like rage entirely from it and just make it that he's really really hairy and he has to balance the fact of being extremely hairy with being good at skating yes yeah he needs to make a sacrifice yeah. mm-hmm. so, so have there be some sacrifice or or at the end of it he's like you know what i i didn't make it as a hockey player but instead now i'm a mascot and he's gritty okay and yes just, okay i'm into that okay into yeah. yeah i like that that's yeah. cool double dip horror not about ice cream nope very weird title to story pipeline on this one so it takes place <laughs> yeah. at a ski resort uh that has dessert names for all of the you know it doesn't fucking matter They're that all, part doesn't it's, matter it's like a mario course yeah it's yeah. just like sherbert isles and... this one is very convoluted like the, like uh, it's actively trying to confuse you the whole time you're reading this one yeah it's it's 95 percent boring details about skiing the, the last five percent are the is the only part of horror there's no literally no horror in this book the other thing is like they're kids i know they said they're junior instructors but suddenly i was like wait am i reading about like 22 year olds right like this, tw- this twi- twin siblings that are ski instructors on this mountain yeah yep. It's it's weird. It's just a weird story. Like, when is this happening? The middle of the school year, these kids are becoming ski instructors for some reason. They're going to teach a kid named Bobby Judd how to ski. And it's just a it's just a weird series of events. They're twins. They decide to pull a fast one on the on the class uh, by by not telling people that they are twins so that one of them can ski all day while the other one teaches and vice versa. And they'll take turns. It's a whole thing. You're crazy for this one, RL. Yeah, this one's what is this? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I it is like and it goes to the probably the most cliche horror turn now that's kind of made in fun of media right of like yeah bobby uh judd maybe messes up and oh, looks like he almost kills them because he skis towards the edge of a slope mm-hmm. yeah off a cliff but they stop him and they're like we're gonna really prank him with i will since he doesn't know we're twins i will ski away and then you sis you come in and and you suddenly make you think that you're ahead it it feels like a like a, a wacky racist bit i don't know it just seems really what is that even going to do to bobby it's very convoluted I, I mean there's not a whole lot to say about this one it was a ghost the whole time there were little hints like the children don't uh acknowledge that bobby exists mm-hmm. and they, they get they get back to the lodge and they're like wait we lost bobby we didn't see him our prank didn't work and they're like bobby oh you mean that this kid in this photo from the 50s he's been dead for 40 years also you saw his ghost and we know that the ghost is here we just admit that the, we just admit it we we all we don't there's no uh there's no skepticism he's just the ghost that definitely shows up and you could make that reveal a little crazier uh like you could do like uh they see someone at the lodge who looks like bobby's dad mm-hmm. and they're like, 
and they're like, "Oh, you must be Bobby's dad." Well, you, like you gotta you gotta tell your son to stop being such a weirdo. And he's like, "I don't have a son." They're like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, I had a twin brother, but he died forty years ago." Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like you could do it that way and make it a little more personal, but it's just a it's just a kiosk operator. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that better. I mean, yeah, the, the title Double Dip Horror is just that because they went to the the toughest mountain course, mm-hmm. that, which should be the Double Black Diamond. Yeah. Because they those twins went to the different mountain peaks and got confused. But like you said, Paul, just kind of adds on to this, like, I don't know who's where and why, mm-hmm. just for this womp womp of like, Oh, don't worry. You can't find your sister. They'll be fine. Bobby, the ghost, only messes with twins. Right. It's and that's yeah. the twist. Right. That's the double dip horrors. That it's a it's a, right that they're twins and I don't know. I guess like they're being like at least in this one. Unlike Monsters on Ice, they're being punished mm. for they're being punished for doing something that could have been prevented. Right. If it had they told them that they were twins, they would have been like, "Whoa, don't go out there. We ha- definitely have a ghost here. And he <laughs> we likes have a to ghost kill that twins. hurts twins. Yeah, he loves to yeah. kill twins. So we're not gonna we're not gonna have you guys teach any classes. Yeah, but because they pull a trick because they want to like I don't know be lazy. I guess it doesn't it doesn't really hold up. No, and I can I tell you where my, my where brain went because mm-hmm. like at this point in the book, I'm starting to lose hope. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, double dip horror. And all of these, all these slopes are named after Christmas, like, you know, treats, yep, sure. ice cream treats. Sure. My, I was just like, what fucking stupid idea does our all have? Not good to reveal. That's where my brain's at when I'm reading these books, maybe. But I'm just like, what? What do you got? I thought we were going to find out that everyone on this slope were tiny people on a mountain, on a, on a monster, on a giant monster's like Sunday. <laughs> And he was gonna like literally double dip children in chocolate and like eat eat the mountain. I don't know why, but it made more sense than where this story was going. You had a way more creative ending to this story, which is it, which I love. I thought animal like at the end of the Muppet movie was gonna rise a giant animal and and just start eating children <laughs> with a big spoon, and I was ready and on board. My question is what the fuck are coconut sprinkles? There are only two kinds of sprinkles. Chocolate sprinkles, which taste like sprinkles, oh. and, sprinkles, and sprinkles, which are sprinkles. I figured he just meant coconut shavings, but maybe not. He says coconut sprinkles. That's not a thing, RL. In Philadelphia, we call them jimmies, by the way. Yeah, we call them jimmies up here, too. Okay, good. Which isn't racist. I I, why, I think wait. I've looked that up, too. <laughs> why, why, why would it be? There was, there was an internet rumor going around back in the day that jimmies was racist, and it's not. It, it is not. That's just that's just people on the side of sprinkles trying to create like fake news warfare. Yeah, yeah that's, I don't... that's people trying to bring down hardworking blue collar sprinkles uh, factory operators. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this: hate sprinkles on ice cream. Fucking worst. Get them off my ice cream. Wow. I like a sprinkle. Fucking. I wow. like a little bit of texture. It's a texture thing. Get them out. If I'm gonna put something on there, I'm putting like Butterfinger crumbles, man, or like some chocolate chips. Sprinkles is like the most boring thing to put on. All ice right, cream. I know you're full of shit because. Uh, Chocolate in ice cream is stupid. Like, act, what? like, like bar chocolate and ice cream is stupid. It, it doesn't. It's not good. It's like it's the bad. Warm chocolate is amazing. Cold, like ice cold fucking chocolate. I is, love a chocolate. You get chip. some like I Reese's pieces on there, Kevin, chip. and your ice cream. You get some. Oh, that's like what Ben and Jerry's has been doing for thirty years, my friend. Mint chocolate chip in my ice cream. Yes. 
Give me the chocolate chips. I agree with those flavors, but not with the presentation of chocolate in 90% of its usage in ice cream. I know what you mean. There's a little bit of a mm. waxy vibe when you're biting into it, and then it, and that yes. creates a Teflon surface for the ice cream to slip off of your tooth, which is where all the flavor goes into your body, on your tooth. And that, you're talking a lot of sense, Paul. That is, that is a problem, but I do like it. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, this book is going to end us. <laughs> We, unless we end it first, can we? All right, Paul, you you actually kind of liked Santa's helpers, right? Or it was fine. It was it like yeah. I, so after Marshmallow Surprise, Monsters on Ice, and Double Dip Horror, I was feeling pretty yeah. low on this book. After a while, I was starting to think we were <laughs> we were on a downtrend. And Santa's helpers comes along. I like Evil Overlord Santa. That's kind of fun. So yeah, like, fun. there's three siblings. There's three siblings. The youngest is Diana. Don't remember the two other kids' names. Doesn't matter. Those two mm-hmm. kids are dicks to Diana. They always tell her that she's not a member of the family because she looks different. They are always picking on her. They go sledding in their new, <laughs> new cheap clothing that their mom got them that makes them look like little uh, Santa's helper elves. And they're being yep. made fun of by their friend. And they're going uh, sledding. They pick on Diana. Sledding. They make her lift them up the uh, hill. They're being a real big dickheads to her. Mom shows yep. up, takes Diana home. They spend the rest of the day sledding. They lose control at the end of the day, fly into the woods where they are assaulted with nets by... <laughs> they're, caught, they're caught by other elves. By other elves. I love that part. I do I, I do love that it's part. It's kind of <laughs> funny. They're captured by elves. They're, they're taken to a, to a giant factory in the North Pole, seemingly. <laughs> These kids are dicks. These kids have been dicks for the whole first, like, three quarters of the story. And by the time they get to Santa, who's like... An even bigger dick. An even bigger dick sentencing them to like 18 hour days in a sweatshop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Evil Santa Overlord is fun. The other elves are being dicks to them. And they're like, no, we promise we can teach you. We can tell you uh, that we're not kids. We can show you. And they t- they t- have them take them home. And the twist in this one's good. They go home. And because it's a Twilight Zone episode, because they've been <laughs> evil this whole time to Diana, <laughs> Diana says... Diana's Rorschach makeup comes on. Yes. <laughs> Diana stretches a Rorschach mask over her face and she looks down and says no. It says no. no. <laughs> I, she doesn't even really disown them. She just says, I'm looking at what her actual quote was. Like, She's like, you guys are always saying how we're not. We're not family. Yeah. And you said, I'm not your sister. So that's what you guys she said. She uses their words against them They and they get their come up. And I think it's pretty good. It's an odd, ba- yeah. it's not the greatest story. It's not the most engaging story overall. But I think the twist is pretty good at the end. The kids get what they deserve, and Diana kicks ass. Go Diana. I think the moral of "Don't be a fucking shithead" is a, an, an eternal, timeless one. <laughs> classic. <laughs> yeah. If 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 there had been one detail of like you find out that oh hey all elves are really just there's an endless chain of kids getting kidnapped and coerced into becoming elves <laughs> yes. that'd be fucking right they could have yes they could have gone a little further with that that would have been fun there could have been a little bit more substance to it but i think for a 10 pager not bad and after the three stinkers sure, we were just sure. served up and the stinker we we're about to have not it's bad better, it's better than marshmallow surprise it's yeah. better it's better than that all right my last thing i want to say about uh santa's helpers is they're basically being forced to work QA in Santa's uh, horrible video game company <laughs> because they said they said the elves were testing video games. Uh, yes, there. Did so they really? I missed that detail. They did. I, I was... caught every video game reference in this book. This well, that makes sense. This yeah. this started to hit on what not to be a long tangent off of it. This would hit what I always created the the logic problem for me of Santa mm-hmm. as someone who wanted to believe as a kid, right? 
was they reference it here in the book with like, you know, he, he sees toy robots marching around and, and when they're going to the factory. And I jumped back as a remote controlled Jeep brand <laughs> car zoomed between my legs. I always as a kid even then was like, so is Santa like making bootleg transformer toys or is he like got a deal with Hasbro? <laughs> What's going on? Judging like the terms of like, cause, yeah, the old classic versions, he's whittling wooden ducks and cars and bikes or whatever. Man, you were lucky if you got a wooden duck as a kid. That lasts you a lifetime. That's an heirloom. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> going to survive in the road world. You're going to be able to use that wood duck. Yeah, at worst, at worst, it gives you a night of warmth. Yeah, <laughs> you can burn it for fuel. In the in the post apocalypse, the only currency is wooden ducks and blankets. And blankets. <laughs> yeah, and children. And children. Yeah, yeah. I I think Attack of the Christmas Present is is such a good like if you needed to give someone a taste. Of RL style, Attack of the Christmas Present is the way to go. Yes. This one I, I have special beef with because I thought Santa's Helpers was the last story, but uh-huh. I miscounted. <laughs> so, you were, <laughs> so you're mad to see there's another one. Yeah, so in my head, this is a bonus story that I didn't have to read. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this story is fucking, it's stupid. It's stupid. It's, it, it, there are so many details that are that are given to you that are uh, unnecessary. So this starts out, this kid loves his uncle. His uncle's great. <laughs> He finds out yeah. his uncle, his cool uncle, who we're giving a lot of details and we spend a lot of time with, he loves yeah. to travel the world and give them cool and interesting gifts. So yeah. they find out that Uncle Cool Brother is showing up to <laughs> give them gifts for Christmas. They're excited about it. <laughs> he, he, he gives them their gifts on Christmas morning. He gives the main character a weird mask. He gives the other brother a... Uh, a three-eyed mask. A three-eyed yeah. mask. Does, has no effect on the story. Again, whatsoever. again, a detail unnecessary to the story. And he spent a lot of time on it. Also, there is a reference to a video game called Trolls Trollsbane. Bane, which is fucking cool and never used. That's, that is the coolest uh, 90s video game name I've ever heard. I want to play Trolls Bane so much I might make it. I think it's it's yeah. so annoying. Ooh. It's so annoying that I'm given these types of details. The three-eyed mask. Trolls Bane. They, like all these cool things that never come to, to any, any have no bearing on the story whatsoever. It's, yeah frustrated me to no end and then the other brother the older brother gets a cool japanese robot toy that's got awesome spikes and cool features and is super articulate i like your like your awesome toy that you got for christmas Chad. yeah like buzz Lightyear. like buzz Lightyear, but, but yeah. sharp but sharper <laughs> but it's it's vaguely it's it's oh it's this a japanese it's a japanese right so therefore it means unknown and right mysterious the only the only reason that the uncle is involved in this story i guess is to be like he would bring a toy from out of the country but again they could have just gotten up on christmas morning this book could have this story could have just skipped to it's christmas morning we got two weird yeah. gifts from my parents and yeah. my and i traded my brother or maybe i got socks make it a joke I got socks and my brother got this cool toy and he wanted to trade me for the cool toy for the socks. You know, like do something like that. Or sure. Because it doesn't. How do the parents be like, I didn't buy that for him. Did you? I thought you did. Huh? All right. Well, Merry Christmas. Like, or whatever. It must be a gift from Santa. Weird. You know, like whatever. Because again, it doesn't matter because then the toy just starts lights out horroring this kid. The kid takes the toy from his brother. (laughs) 
It's just like Wait, the, it's exactly like the lights out short. He tur- every time he turns out the lights and turns them back on, the toy gets closer. <laughs> that to was it. your reference Dude. point: is lights out. Wait, we're we're forgetting like the most important part, which is the toy says on it "robot tag." <laughs> it does say "robot yeah. tag" on it. Yeah. So so you're like the entire time I read the story, I'm like I don't understand the name "robot tag." I thought like, I yes, doesn't. I thought the names. I thought the robot's name was Tag. Like it was like Tag the robot. Yeah, is it is it a is like is it a play on a toy that I'd never heard of before? It just doesn't even make sense as a like, yeah, doesn't even make sense as an action figure name. Yeah, but whatever, yeah. sure. Robot tag, right? So the uh, so older brother trades robot tag to younger brother. He plays with it for a little bit, thinks it's fucking sick as hell. He poses it in a cool pose and goes to bed looking at it. Lights out, lights back on after he hears some tapping noises. It's moved closer. Lights out, lights on as it hears more tapping noises. It's moved even closer. Lights out, lights back on. It's fucking coming for him. He and and I I don't remember if he he throws it in his closet. He hides yeah. for the night and he's safe until the next morning. When the robot starts to attack him, it chases him through the house. It drills through a fucking door, which is sick. It yeah. has it has bus on. This is some small soldiers. Yes, this yeah. is some stuff. Yes, this is some cool small soldiers puppet master shit. That part neat. All right, I, I'm starting to think. Okay, maybe this story's going somewhere. This is kind of getting cool. Then it chases him through the house. It fucking touches God. him. It just touches him and says, you're it. End yeah. of story. Mask never comes into play. Uncle Cool Brother never comes into play. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this story. I fucking hate this story. You, the entire time you're like, why is it called Robot Tag? Oh. Yeah. For that joke. Yeah. For that joke at the end. Yep. Okay. Um, it's a wet fart of a story. I Yeah. I have. To, that's it. That's the thing. Like, it's, that's the whole it's story. Not, it's like, it's such a non-story. It's such a... Yeah. It's such a last filler story. Like, you could tell, usually you would think you would put your anchor, right? We've all played Flip Cup. You put your best flipper at the end, the anchor. Exactly. You know? We're not, we're, this is not a Flip Cup situation. We put all the anchors up front to get the, Kevin, you nailed it. It's to get the the Scholastic Book Fair sales, to, to lure in the kids that read the first couple stories and say, this one's on to something. And then we put the fart at the end. I feel like you could have ended on Santa's helpers and given it like a creepy note, but you're, but ending it on this. Ends it on a, well, that's a joke. Yep. Drive safe, everybody. Tip your waitresses. <laughs> you can't return this to this classic book fair, so. <laughs> no refunds. Fuck you. And that is how this short story anthology ends. Uh, it's uh, not with a bang, but with a whimper. And uh, and that's it. We're done. I like this format, I I think. I think I, I enjoy the rapid fire stories more than having to slog through chapters of nothing at least when at least when you get a stinker you can move on to the next one right yeah yeah but if when when you get stinker after stinker like the last half of this book is uh it can kind of feel like there's no hope left right in your life right if we had ended on if we had ended on ice vampire oh oh ice vampire is fucking fantastic and i i will fight for holly jolly holiday to, to be my personal pick of the book, I'm I'm on board with all five of these stories. There's ten stories. Oh well, I, there's only five that matter to me, so that's why. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you you don't recognize the sovereignty. I, of the I, other I, refu- five I refuse to let them into my NATO, my mind NATO. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I would go. I still I'm gonna go to bat for why I hate Jack Frost. I think it's creepy. I think his his ice nails were creepy, and I think yep. that Junji Ito esque scene of the falling in the snow was scary. I'm gonna swear go with to, that. I swear one. to God, I swear to God. <laughs> Chad, if you had to say something nice about this book, which one's your favorite? 
I'd say Nutcracker Nightmare, mm-hmm. really? Ice Vampire. I think Nutcracker, Nutcracker Nightmare was stepping towards something that could have been actually really scary, being trapped in a like a perpetual uh, night time, an endless time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when I was the one time I took an international flight to Japan, I got a real bad anxiety attack and cabin fever because I had been on the plane for like. 13 hours yep. and I didn't know what time it was. I didn't know whenever we'd land and it felt like I'd been there for a week yeah. and I really, really had a bad time and Nutcracker Nightmare reminded me of this to kind of like, yeah, you're well, stuck here. No one else wants to help that's you. That's scary. Um, scary. Uh, yeah. I There's something so fuck you about Attack of the Christmas Present that I kind of like it. Wow. <laughs> you know, I don't like it. I think it is a very pinnacle RL thing. It is. It's, I think okay. RL laughed to himself when he wrote it. Yeah, I think so too. It's a joke upon the child that is reading the book. I got your I got your money and and fuck you. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah, like that's that, how it feels. That, book that is how it feels. I would love to go visit more of these we're do, Me we're too. In, we're going to do more short story collections and see what they're all see what they're like. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd love to do more of these. Yeah, I I just feel like it's a nice little mix up between between books. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's been a bumps. Yeah, this is this has been a bumps. This has uh, been a buds and a bumps. Well, and I do want to I do want to tease something. Something we discussed. Oh. The search oh. for the ghost written books. Oh. Shall we one day go full CSI and search for Well, we know that the writer of Why I Hate Jack Frost also did Fear Street. Right. She she did yes. two Fear Street. So books. we'll need to do the full readings of okay. all the Catherine uh what is it, Catherine <laughs> The Catherine Lance Catherine selections, Lance selections. Yeah. Study yeah. the style and then go back to the ones that we think are ghostwritten. <laughs> my my goal is to get at least, even if we have to like modulate their voice to protect their identity, we get a ghostwriter on the podcast. Yes. To talk about the process. We've had people before email us in saying like a friend of a friend or like a high school teacher claimed to have written a couple of the mm-hmm. books. Yeah. We, there, there's, it's all around us if we want to uncover this. R.L. Stein is constantly emailing us asking, hey, can I get on the pod? I really love your show. Yeah. And I'm like, no, R.L., you can't be on the show. I'm sorry. It just wouldn't work. It would be kind of awkward and weird. Thank you for being a fan. We hope you keep listening and supporting us on uh, patreon.com slash goosebuds. <laughs> but... You can't be on the show, RL. I'm sorry. If we could get him on like a, a the Jinx type documentary where he leaves the he leaves the mic on longer than we thought, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I didn't write any of them, of course." <laughs> and you're like, "Oh my god, we got him! We fucking got him!" If you know the truth about RL Stein, <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, maybe send us a tweet uh, on twitter.com slash goosebudspod you can email us at goosebuds at gmail.com we need hard irrefutable proof so don't don't mess with our time don't do not waste our time (laughs) leave us a fairly appraised review uh on the pod catcher of your choice Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. you know if you if you really like our stuff again that patreon.com slash goosebuds you can you can sign up and hear a whole other podcast, Camp Goosebuds, which is what uh, Paul Chad and I do when we just want to hang out. You can listen to dozens of Camp Goosebuds on there. Uh, yeah, if you have if you haven't listened already, we just dropped a free bonus Camp Goosebuds for everyone on the feed right before this one, and it's a good sample of the kind of shit show it becomes uh, in a good way. You too could have that every month if you cho- if you so choose. Please go to Patreon.com/slash/Goosebuds. Hey, is there a a weird person in your life who listens to this podcast that 
you are having difficulty shopping for? Oh my god. Well, guess what? <laughs> uh, you're in luck. We have a store. It's goosebuds.store. And you can buy like a hat or a shirt or a tank top for your weird podcast loving friend and support our show. Hey, and if you if you if you want to uh, if you want to get a mug subscription on a Patreon, do that as a gift. That's a great gift idea. That's a yeah. fun gift. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Or you could just buy it for yourself because December is stressful as fuck. Yeah. Oh, we also have stickers on the store. <laughs> we also have stickers <laughs> on the store. <laughs> Stickers are cool. Stickers are cool. Tag your it. Bye-bye. All right, bye. (laughs) Bye, tag. Yep, that's it. That's how it ends. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Merry names, miss. It's me, Kevin Claus, and my wonderful elves, and we're opening a big bag of names for all the good children. Santa Kevin? Santa Kevin, Santa Kevin, tell us all the good boys and ghouls that have been in the in the book of names. Yeah, let me read them. Uh, the, 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 let's start with <laughs> Stefan Jive Turkey Kuwabara. Hollis Hornbeak. Cameron Murphy Audio. Michael McDowell. Josh Robertson. Mickey C. Nathan Dolezal. Kelly C. Mike Lanteri. Buddy Morrill. Alecade. Mel Dipson. Zankeith. Afsheen. Danky McStanky. Dango Twiss. Brian Wells. Zentacles. Lowbelly Hate Me. Stealth Bates. Joseph Miranda. Patrick Reynolds. Robert Moon. Jason Crooker. John Keedy. Clay Castle. Miguel Pardo. Christina Doling. Third, Sergio. Calf. Matthew, more paranoia shop. Sniggy. Maddie. Ishak Arafin. Gregory D. Warren. Alan Saylor. Cody Redfield. Bradford Coulter. Aiden Alexander Dice. Reinfected. Jar Jar Slinks. Justin Wagman. Chosen One. Cardboard Walk. Levi Than. Up in Champ. Jonas Engman. Alicia Grafe. Moister. Carl. Hey, Broccoli. Pause for a second. I think I get something off my chest. I love Paul. <gasps> Still love you too, Broccoli. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Can't believe we got them. <laughs> Big guy. They've really been in our corner. Elusive Koala. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yanni Markovina. Trent Davis. Joe. Can't believe we got Joe. We can't believe we got Joe. Big. Brookax. Jesus Christ. Christian Vanskever. Drew Applegate. Jeremy Lowe. Brian Hobgood. Jonas Blotterman. Zach Connor. Patreon underscore donator comma yo. Joe Spooky Digital Ghost Tierney. Tom Woodham. Paul Grasso. Andrew Jadsack forgot the MO question for Lord Cornwallis, but <laughs> does hope Chili Dish Gambino includes corn and goes light on the cumin. <laughs> Still with I'm that. Pretty sure that's how you wanted me to say that last word. Andrew, still well, with the anti cumin propaganda. We we have opposite <laughs> goals for our chili construction because I go no corn, heavy cumin. Heavy, heavy cumin. We Andrew and I have oh. discussed this. It's okay, Andrew. I am a pro corn. I'm on the pro corn side. Corn's you in everything. Be, you would be Indiana <laughs> yeah, boy. It should be. We gotta keep Indiana going. <laughs> Corn is delicious. Speaking yeah. of, speaking of corn. Oh, speaking of, Lord <laughs> Cornwallis. <laughs> Taylor Dierks. Joe 
regular name, Scott. I, I sense that anger too, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Carson Birkenbean. <laughs> Murphy P. Trendy Moron. Devin Ticklebean is your new best friend. Fuck yeah. Gunka Hoots. Vincent Modica. Luke Canoodles. Sness Chalmers. Sean Minogue. Hugh Bolin. Zambambino. Wormtown Glenn. Wiggle it. John Pigeonhat Barber. Chip Handsome. <laughs> Matt McClellan. Alex Moon, the robotic dog. Nathan Remick. Sarah Kemp. Divaldi. Tanya Turtle. Chili Dish Gambino with just enough cumin. Mm-mm-mm. Brett. Reed Stubendick. Joey Evans. Adam, you goofed. Juan Jalapena. Carewise Gamgee. Uncle Cool Brother. Cameron Hansen. Keith Halkrow. Chris Tranquil Sleepwear Erection. Nelson. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Timothy Misodolakis. Clay McCarty. Matthew Stevens. Parker Lee. Generally depressing. Dom's Sexy Ghost, a.k.a. Captain Sick. Ham underscore boat. Hey, Paulie, it's me, <laughs> Benny Guess Your Weight, the Spooky Doon Witch. Anyway, go on and put your hand in my boo box. <laughs> this is like a fucking Mad Magazine version of Dune. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paula, try these. Um, ben <laughs> Bohan. <laughs> Raymond Hernandez. <laughs> I just gotta take a quick second to say we all missed a calling at Reading at Man Magazine. God damn it. Me too. <laughs> Flemily did as well. The Crowfens. Matthew Sutton. Jeffrey Owen Cawhee. Dan. Boss Gerritsen. Lee Wood. Hey, Eric, it's gonna be all right. You're doing a great job. But go easy on the Kuna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, it's me. Kelsey hey, Kinnaman. You got it. When Dragons Rule. Russell Kastberg. Yes. Nice. Xavier Jimenez, Brendan Arafin, Liam Neeson's Doe. Welcome to the Discord, Liam Neeson's. Yeah, we yeah we saw you get on the we saw you get on the Discord, Liam Neeson's Doe. We saw it. Crispy Trickus, Scotty Pippen, get on there, Scotty. We need you. We need you for the pickup <laughs> Scotty, game. Scotty, we need the triangle offense. Come on, you're dying out there, Scotty. <laughs> Jonas Evan Voldson. Calamity Carl, Germ Juice, Streak, Meat Virginia, Nick Johnson, Dungeon Kappa. Stephen Day. Uh, MC Hamster. <laughs> Zach Weir. Lip Duck. Alan G. Jessum. Tobias Clark. Michael Kupka. Julian Lamendia. Ryan Carroll. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Adam Muth. Ryan Carroll. Andre Villanueva. Jeremy Bowser. Megan McCormick Mason. Interbred Men. Hood Lemon. Got little moi pretty French. Oh, ho, ho. Peanutburg, level 69. <gasps> Dr. Chocula. Jimmy Soul. Estamena, Lord of Paul's Pants. The Davy Boy. Kenny M. Moon Juice. Dr. Diarrhea. Kieran McNamara. Diet Soda. Skelefella. Jackie Ledoux. Coleman Laguza. Lamb Mrs. Hearing. Chris Pittman Aww. is a bone wizard. Aww. Aww. Me too. What a good guilt trip to, to change your name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, SSJ Trogdor. A pair of Scots. Levi Kidder. David Gray. Bryce Diori. Matthew Brattato. I am Cornholio. I need TP for my bunghole. <laughs> Mike Spaghetti Jones. Carbson. 
Redemption. Luke Humanzi Allen. Some of Chad's bird friends. Ah, cool. Nicholas Maloney. Chris. <laughs> Midwest Indigo 13. <laughs> David Lynch, XXX, Brandon Fraser, 666. Eric. A crossover. Horwitz. Tiffany Lee or Tiffany Leia. Dr. Eggdrop Soupman. Thomas Jancis. Lucretia McEvil. Elm Realm. Mutant Astronauts. Wagmar Wigmer. Nice. Dakota Kemp. John W. Soggy Newspapers. Alec Johnson. Henry Torber. The Skoteg. Adam Knapp. Burger's Wonderful World. Kiwi of Love. <laughs> Bjorn Deer. We've been saying that yeah. Kiwi of Flurve. I've been saying that Kiwi of Flurve, but you nailed it, Chad. It's Kiwi of Lurve. I think you leaned in on the Lurve. Yeah, it's Lurve. Oh, Kiwi of Lurve. Lurve. Yeah. Oh my wow. God. Kiwi. Make sure that, tell me that I did a good job. I, I think you fucking nailed it. <laughs> tell me I did good. If you screwed it up, Serial Killer X is coming for you. Tell me I'm, tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good. <laughs> Please, re- reinforce me. Logan Derby. Brad Schmelzer. Gacanti. Milk Punk. <laughs> Skeletorin. Jover the Moon. Shuddering Stefan. Mr. Misfire. Mr. Muffin. What? Oh, these two gotta get together. <laughs> Mandy Nasty. Llama Lad. Benjamin Luther. Edgar's not gonna cut off your tongues. I promise, Crassies. <laughs> Thanks, Edgar's. Dennis Wright. Jacob Rogers. 976 Evil. Jesse? <laughs> Philip Reynolds? Rum Daddy. Cameron Gansveld. Chicago Frank. Nathan Gurney. Vosivi. Matt? Are these new names? These, these seem like new names. Oh, they're new! Yeah. Oh my goodness, we just accidentally entered names into the into the book of names. Oh shit, new names. Alright, uh, nobody panic. Uh, nobody, nobody, nobody cry. Yep. All right. <laughs> Retroactively, Chicago Frank, Nathan Gurney, and Votivi, you're in. Welcome. You're in. Welcome. You're fucking you're in. in. Welcome. welcome. <laughs> you're in. Matt Septor, welcome to the Book of Names. Wait, Greg, Greg Gervasi was here last time, I think. Oh, yeah. I don't know anymore. Well, All Greg, right. Greg, hey, you're back. welcome again. You know what? You're still new to the you're Book get, of Names. You're getting welcomed anyway. Daryl Flynn, Welcome. Fucking hi, Dakota Kipper. Ryan R. Davis, nice to meet you. Anthony Rodriguez, good to have you. Pizza Bagel Rocco, hope you're sharing those pizza bagels. Scott Wable, pull up a chair. B. Oh, someone let a B in. Shit. <laughs> oh, wait, welcome, but we're allergic. <laughs> Kit Bush, get your name down on the page in blood. <laughs> Jonathan McAnish, what are you having? Ho, 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 and welcome <laughs> Peter McGregor. Oh, Santa Cole's back. Yeah, oh, I'm Santa back. Cole. I'm <laughs> back and my thirst names. for blood has been quenched. Thank you for all <laughs> oh, the names. Oh, thank God. Oh, God. We've survived another year. Thank God. <laughs> thank you all so very, very much. Have a good holidays, y'all. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.